Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Sportsbook Sharps. I am your host as always, Andy Royst, and we are going to get into the week that was NCAA Week 1, talk about the upcoming NCAA Week 2, and the King is back. NFL football returns this Thursday, followed by a full slate of Sunday games and then a game on Monday night. So welcome to 100% football. It is back, and it is a welcome addition. Uh, just a couple of housekeeping notes here to start. I started a TikTok this weekend, so it's my first attempt at TikTok. Uh, if you want to see the full list of locks, I TikTok those out. So for all the ticks and the talks, make sure to check out at TSS Gambling. That is the TikTok handle. Uh, be sure to follow and check out uh, the locks. I post them full list of locks Saturday morning. And then throughout the games over the weekend, I'll post little fun TikToks for everybody. So be sure to check that out and add that. Subscribe, follow, listen, watch, whatever you want to call it on TikTok. Do it. I uh, just wanted to recap the locks from last week. So I gave you Houston at UTSA minus five and a half. This game did not go the way I wanted it to go. Houston was down most of the game. They were down double digits for a lot of the game. It did not look good for Houston at all. But then they came roaring back in the fourth quarter, down 14. They came back and tied it up and even took the lead. And somehow UTSA, somehow there were a million points scored in the fourth quarter. And UTSA went down the field in two plays. I think it was two plays. And because of the clock stopping in college, they were able to do it in like 40 seconds. They went down the length of the field to get in field goal position, nailed a field goal to go to overtime. The game ended up going into triple overtime. And what a terrible change they made to the overtime format last year. College football had the best overtime format of any sport, not just of football, but in general, it's better than, it was better than a shootout. It was better than uh, uh, extra innings in baseball. It was just the best. Each team got chances. You scored. Eventually when it got to the third overtime, you had to go for two and it could go on and on. You could, the score could end up being 85 to 87. It just kept going until somebody didn't convert the two-point conversion or they actually held out on defense. Last year, they made a change. Once triple overtime started, you have one play to go for two, and that's it. So as soon as it went to triple overtime, my lock was busted. So while it did lose, I contend that under the old format, I think Houston would have eventually won by a touchdown and finally stopped the Roadrunners, but... The new rule change, I don't like it. Uh, anybody that has more than two point spread, uh, as soon as it gets to that third overtime, you know you're absolutely doomed if you're betting on the favorite. So uh, if you're betting on the underdog, it's a great bet because uh, if you push it to that triple overtime and you have plus three or more or plus two and a half or more, then you're green dot city and you're in the money. But as somebody that took the favor here, I absolutely hate the overtime rule. When the SEC and the Big Ten eventually split off and form their own league and leave the NCAA behind, 
they should definitely look at changing that rule. I do not like it. Now, if I end up on the good side of it later, you might hear the complete opposite on this podcast, but we'll see. This weekend, I was on the losing side of it, so it's the worst thing ever. I want to give a shout out to Mike. He was on the podcast last week. His lock that he gave on the podcast won you some money. Uh, It was Notre Dame plus 17. Uh, If you watch that game Saturday night, neither team looked good. It was just kind of a meh game. I think it was 7-7 at half. After all the fun and excitement we had over Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they give us a nightcap of ND and OSU. Both look like extremely overrated teams. Neither team looked sharp. I will say that OSU definitely did look better, and they even had a chance if you turn the game off late. I think they were up They're up 14, and they had the ball with four or five minutes left, and they could have scored uh, if they wanted to, but they just ended up running up the middle, got a couple first downs, and ran the clock out. So you were sweating it out a little bit if you bet ND 17. There was a shot. You know, If OSU had broke one there at the end, they could have uh, scored easily, but it was not to be. So, Mike, congratulations. You got ND plus 17, and you won – that lock of the week, and the listeners at home, if you took Mike's advice, you won. I do want to talk about a couple of bad beats here. Uh, One of the locks that I liked last week, I gave you Illinois plus three. Uh, They were playing at IU. There were actually more IU fans there on a Friday night than I thought were even in all of Bloomington. Uh, So that kind of surprised me when they showed the crowd in the stand. And I think that may be what they needed to push them over the edge because IU actually won this game. Uh, they won by three, so it was a push. So you didn't lose money if you listened to the lock that I liked last week, but you didn't make any money either. So you just pushed on it at plus three. They scored with 23 seconds left. And and I don't understand Illinois' defense. They had two timeouts left. I'm going to rant here for a minute. If you're a head coach and the other team has the ball at the 20-yard line, and they need to score four more points. They have to get a touchdown. So I understand what you're doing with the prevent defense, but you have two timeouts. Your team is getting roasted. IU is going down the field easily. You had the two timeouts. Take one, talk to your defense for a few seconds, explain to them that IU's trying to go sideline or go first down to stop the clock, They look totally lost. The linebackers were running around tapping each other on the shoulders. Uh, The safeties were coming up like they didn't know what the plays were, and they had two timeouts. So I was screaming at the TV that Illinois needed to take a timeout, get their defense together, and figure it out so they could cover the plus three. But it was not to be. IU scored with 23 seconds left on the clock, and Illinois just did not have any way to get down the field and kick a tying field goal. So like I said, that lock last week that I liked, Illinois plus three was a push. Um, IU still looked terrible. I don't think Illinois is going to be any good this year either. So it might be safe bet to continue to bet against IU this season. We'll, we'll see what they do this weekend. Another one that I gave out on the uh, that was on the lock spreadsheet was Matt threw in a lock. That was Tennessee and Ball State up 68 and a half. Tennessee, what are you doing? Why are you running a no huddle? You were up like 30 to nothing at halftime on the poor Ball State chirp chirps. And you come out in the second half. We had this game on Thursday night. We're watching it. 
They come out in the second half in a no huddle. They're up 30 nothing, and they come out in a no huddle. As somebody who liked the under and Matt who took the under on our lock sheet, I was furious. I couldn't believe it. Uh, just absolutely dreadful to see when you see a team that's already up 30 points running a no huddle in the third quarter. That is not a good sign. So, of course, they went on. They scored. I don't even know how many times more they scored. Um, but it was looking good. Uh, Tennessee was up late in the game, 59-7. to So, for those doing the math at home, that is 66 points. Our lock that we gave out, that Matt gave out in the spreadsheet, was under 68.5. So, they're sitting at 66 points. Tennessee got the ball back with 427 and I'm watching the game and I'm thinking, okay, 427, just going to run the clock out. They fumble on the first play. They're deep in their own end zone. They fumble on the first play. Ball State gets the ball on like the, I don't know, 20, 21 yard line. They go three and out. They get fourth and four. Again, the score is seven to 59. They are getting destroyed you would think fourth and four have a little pride try to go for a touchdown make it 14 to 49 i know that's still very lopsided but at least you got two touchdowns in no they send out the field goal kicker they're on the 15 yard line just go for the touchdown what are you doing 10 to 59 doesn't matter nobody is looking at that score and saying oh 10 to 59 that was a close game. No, they're saying that was dreadful. Just go for the touchdown. I cannot believe they sent out the field goal kicker. And of course, he splits the uprights, no doubt. And that makes it 10 to 59, which puts the total score at 69, which is over the 68 and a half lock that we gave. And and that's it. After that, the they kicked the ball off to Tennessee. Tennessee ran the clock out took a couple knees and they ended with 69 total points. So you lost the under by Ball State puzzlingly going for a field goal. I don't know what that was, but uh, Tennessee looked really good. Again, running the no huddle, it looks like they're trying to put points up on the board for style points this year. So adjust your expectations for Tennessee overs in the future because even if they're up big, they're going to run the no huddle in the second half if they do what they did against Ball State and try to run up the score. So keep a watch on low over scores for Tennessee this season. That could be a good play for future bets. Um, overall in the week, like I said, we have a spreadsheet. We have eight people in the spreadsheet. With the Illinois push, we ended up going 4-3-1. and one. Uh, I want to give kudos and shout out to Sean and Steve, both two and oh on the season so both of their locks have delivered so if you are checking on the TikTok this weekend the spreadsheet that i put out pay close attention to sean and steve they appear to be the sharpest sharps of all the sportsbook sharps so you'll want to definitely get on their bets this week now i want to go to a segment i want to call stay frosty and this is for scott frost what are you doing i don't understand why you are still the head coach at Nebraska. You're a terrible coach. Nebraska, that program, I just feel really bad for them. They had the game in Ireland I talked about on the podcast last week. It was 
it was a dreadful game. They played poor. They, he made bad decisions. This week, they're at home hosting North Dakota State, which is barely a real state school. I mean, how many people even live in North Dakota? Like a thousand? Ridiculous. They should roll North Dakota State by a million points. At halftime, it was seven to seven. At one point in the third quarter, it was tied at 17 all. You're hosting, you have 80,000 fans in your stadium. It's a road game for North Dakota State. I don't even think they're FBS. I think they're FCS. What are you doing? Like, I, it just is amazing to me that you still have a job in, in, in college football. He did end up getting a couple of turnovers late and ended up, they ended up scoring 21 points to end the game. So they, and they didn't even cover. The spread was 21 and a half. They ended up winning by 21. Um, so didn't cover. If you were betting on Nebraska, you lost again this weekend. It might be a play for the season to bet against Nebraska. I, if you remember in the first podcast, I took them under seven and a half games for my season lock. Um, they're one and one now. I told you last week, he's going to beat North Dakota State. Scott Frost is. He's going to, they played Georgia Southern from the fun belt this weekend. He's going to beat this Georgia Southern team too. It'll probably be closer. The spread is 23. So be advised, it'll probably be closer than 23. Uh, like I said, he got some turn. The Nebraska got some turnovers late in the third and fourth quarter to kind of blow that one open and they still didn't cover. So if they don't get the uh, turnovers against Georgia Southern, they're probably not going to cover the 23. He, is just unbelievable. I can't believe how bad this Nebraska program is and how far they have fallen from grace. So yeah, that's that's just my heads up advisory for the rest of the season. Watch Nebraska. I gave them as my under seven and a half. They're going to be two and one, but then they start playing the Big Ten games and look to take underdogs money line against Nebraska later in the season. They have a pretty tough schedule in the Big Ten this year. And they do not look good at all. I've watched both their games now, and they look horrible. I probably will watch some of this Georgia Southern game just so I can keep up on how bad Scott Frost is doing. Honorary State Frosty of the Week. Here's a fun stat for you. 13-1. and one. That is the stat I want to give out. And what does 13-1 and one mean? That is the SEC coach's record in Week 1. The only SEC coach, and there were many, that played tough games, that played ranked games, uh, that played away games or neutral site, quote unquote, neutral site games like this coach. Um, all of them won with the exception of Brian Kelly. And if you remember on the podcast last week, Mike mentioned that Notre Dame, the reason he took them plus 17 is that they were going to be better because Brian Kelly was not the head coach of that team. Well, LSU just looked absolutely horrible on uh, Sunday night. They were the Sunday night game. Uh, they were a four-point favorite. They were playing in the Superdome, which is basically a home game for them in New Orleans. Just terrible game. They ended up pushing the game late and scoring a touchdown with no time left on the clock to pull within one. And then puzzlingly, you're at home, just win the game. Just go for two. You just went down the field. I think it was like 50 seconds, maybe even less. They went the entire length of the field and scored a touchdown down seven to tie the game up. FSU looked totally defeated. The defense was lost. Um, they had all the momentum in the world. 
just send the guy out to go for two. Before that, he had already missed the kicker, this is, had already missed a field goal. There were two punt fumbles already in the game. Like special teams did not seem to be going well. So why Brian Kelly trotted out the kicker there to tie it up and send it into overtime, I have no idea. But of course, he sends out the kicker and a Florida State guy just dives in, doesn't even look like he gets brushed at all, totally blocks the kick. It has no chance of going in and LSU loses pretty much at home by one point. Brian Kelly, it's the, the calls on Twitter and social media were already going midway through the game. And after that bungle at the end, uh, people were calling for his job already. So one game in to his tenure at LSU, and he is 0-1, and people, the fans, are already calling for his job. So enjoy Brian Kelly for the next two or three years. This is what you're going to get. He constantly underperformed at Notre Dame, and he will continue to underperform at LSU. They'll get all the good state players, and they'll get no results from it. Like I said, the NFL is back this week. So for some of the locks I like, I got a lot of locks I like. I looked at the board. I looked at the locks that were submitted in our group. I love the board this weekend. I love these locks. First up, I want to talk a little bit about Sean Bengals, minus six and a half versus the Steelers. Home game for the Bengals coming off the Super Bowl performance. They got Smoke and Joe Burrow, Chase is on the case. I think they absolutely roll the Steelers. Six and a half is way too low. The Steelers, they have no quarterback. They have Mitchell Trubisky. I saw him play eight years in Chicago. It was terrible. I don't know how many years he was really there. It felt like a dozen years. He was absolutely terrible as a quarterback in Chicago. And it wasn't a Matt Stafford terrible situation. I think we all noticed when Matt Stafford played in Detroit, there was a spark of something there that if he got on a different team, maybe it would lead to something. I don't know if I thought he'd win a Super Bowl like he did in his first year away from Detroit, but I always felt bad for him in Detroit thinking that he could play better than Detroit could help him play. This was not the case whenever I watched Mitchell Trubisky play. He was horrible in Chicago, and I actually felt bad for Chicago for having drafted such a terrible quarterback. Uh, They kept him way too long there. He was there way too long. The Steelers are going to recognize that they've made a mistake signing him. I love, love, love the Bengals minus six and a half at home against the Steelers. And uh, look look for Steelers lines to go up in the coming weeks once the sports books all figure out that they are no good this year. So lock that in. Sean had Bengals minus six and a half. And remember, Sean, 2-0 and on the season. So looking to go 3-0. and The next lock that I like was from Steve. Again, 2-0. and You may be noticing a theme here with the people that I'm going with. They seem to be sharp. Uh, Steve had the Rams plus 2.5. They're at home hosting Buffalo. They just won the Super Bowl. It's ring night. It's Thursday night. It's tomorrow night. I don't understand why the Rams are home dogs. Home dogs run faster. Not only will they cover the two and a half, they're going to win this game. I understand that Josh Allen is tall and that Buffalo looked good last year, but Buffalo didn't make it even to the AFC championship game. The Rams won the Super Bowl. They still have Stafford. They still have some of the team from that Super Bowl team. I 
I don't know where all the Buffalo loves coming from other than Buffalo. Uh, everybody is on Buffalo to win the Super Bowl this year, but I, I don't see it. I think the Rams are still as good as they are, uh, as they were last year. I think they win the NFC West again, and I think they win this first game at home. Especially, it's ring night. They're hosting the banners. They're, they're definitely going to cover two and a half. So I like that lock from Steve. Again, Steve, two and oh. Got to go with the people that are hot right now. Um, another one I liked. I said I had a lot of likes this week. Uh, Mike gives me the Broncos minus six and a half at Seattle. Russ's first game, Russell Wilson, back at Seattle. He left in the offseason, went to the Broncos. The Broncos have been a competitive team the last couple of years. If you look at their record, they're right at 500. Uh, They've been competitive. They've been competitive in a lot of the games they have. What they have not had in those games. My wife is a Broncos fan. I watch all the Broncos, and her family is Broncos fans. I watch all the Broncos games on Sunday. This one's on Monday night. We'll be watching the game for sure. Um, What they have not had in the past four or five seasons since Peyton Manning retired is a competent quarterback. Uh, they now have that with Russell Wilson. Uh, they are going to be much, much better this season. Um, Seattle losing Russell Wilson. They, they don't, I don't even know who their quarterback is. Uh, I forget. I looked it up at one point, um, but it's nobody that you'll ever have heard of. They are not going to be very good. When Russell was hurt last year, they were no good without him. They weren't competitive. They had no offense. They couldn't move the ball. Um, they they are not going – Seattle is not going to be a good team this year, so I like Mike's lock of the Broncos minus 6.5 on the road at Seattle. Uh, the last lock that I like is from my Uncle John who sent it in. It is the University of Texas San Antonio, UTSA, uh, Roadrunners minus one and a half at Army. They were a very good team last year. They almost won the game against Houston, but ended up losing in that triple overtime that I talked about earlier. They looked very good. I loved watching their offense. Their uniforms are incredibly sharp. Uh, if you get a chance to see them, you should check them out. I love their uniforms. Love the way the offense moved the ball. They were smart with it. There were many times that they moved the ball quickly and efficiently and you know got out of bounds when they needed to. They played like a very smart team. So I love this lock of minus one and a half at Army. So those were the four locks that I like this week. Again, check TikTok on Saturday in the morning and you'll see all eight of the locks for the, for the group. Uh, and you'll also see me do fun TikToks throughout the day, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for the Monday night game. All right, now we're to my lock. I have delivered you poor locks this season. I apologize for that. But I am just warming up for the season. I took a look at what I did last year. I only took one college football lock last year, and the rest of the slate for my locks were NFL picks. And if you remember, I was at 75% last season. Now that the NFL season has kicked off, I am in the right state of mind to deliver you the perfect lock to win you money this week. And that lock is the Titans at home, minus six, host of the New York Giants. The G-men. The Giants are terrible. That's all you need to know. When, When looking at my locks this week, I knew two things. I knew that New York 
Giants were terrible. And New York Jets with starter Joe Flacco this week were terrible. So I basically had to sit here and decide, do I want to take Baltimore minus seven? Or do I want to take Titans minus six? Baltimore is playing the Jets in New York. Titans are hosting the Giants in Tennessee. I ended up picking the Titans minus six for my lock. I think Tractor Cito gets it running early. Uh, he's just going to run right over New York's defense. They're a horrible team. They've been a horrible team for a few years. Really, ever since Eli, the last few years of Eli, they've been absolutely terrible. Um, and they're still terrible. Daniel Jones, even though he looks like the lost Manning brother, he does not play like a Manning. He plays like a bum. So you're very safe betting Titans minus six. They do, Gi- Giants do have Saquon. He's injury prone. Who knows? Maybe he gets injured in week one this year. I don't know. It seems like every year he's out with a hamstring or some sort of injury. So the Giants, they have no offense. They have no defense. The Titans cover this easy. Uh, this will be covered by halftime, and you'll be able to just put your feet up for the second half. Uh, so Titans minus six is my lock of the week this week. So make sure to get that lock in. That's going to be it for this week's edition of the Sportsbook Sharps. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Spotify. Still waiting on iTunes to get us locked in. And be sure to follow our, our new TikTok at TSS Gambling. Have a great week gambling, everybody.